You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. Welcome back, listeners. We are so excited and grateful to be breaking the silence with our own, and by our own, she's been here before, and we're grateful to have her back, Cassandra Hulse. And I know her as Cassie, so that's what I will refer to her as. (laughs) She is so wonderful and such a light in this world. And today we are going to be talking about and breaking down the question, should I go to a therapist? How can a therapist help someone who's struggling with or seeking to overcome pornography. So without further ado, Cassie, will you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Um, so yeah, Cassie Holtz. Um, I'm 29. I live in Provo, Utah, and I am finishing up a bachelor's degree in linguistics. I um, work at a residential treatment center here in Provo, and I'm hoping to go into marriage and family therapy or be some kind of licensed therapist. So this is going to be a fun question to talk about. Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to, you know, pursue that journey and see what it's like for you. Um, me too. I'm I'm still trying to figure out, am I doing social work? Am I doing something down the line? Yeah. It's an exciting career path. So good luck with that. Thanks. Uh, And where do you want to start with this, answering this question? Like, let's maybe ask, what's your experience with therapy? First of all, have you, have you gone? I'm assuming what's it, what's it like for you? (laughs) Yeah. So my experience with therapy was kind of like a last resort tool. So I had just moved to Provo. And I, this was, I guess, probably four years ago, four or five years ago. And I was really, really struggling um, with my own pornography addiction. And I just, just could not get it under control. It was like the worst it had ever been. And I kept switching from, if I wasn't acting out with pornography, then I was like binge eating. And if I was trying to get my weight under control and and trying to like restrict food, then my pornography use would go way up. So I was like really, really frustrated by that. Sadly, I mean, this is a completely different discussion, but it was my inability to control my eating that eventually led me to seek more help. So I went to my bishop and I said, hey, I'm going to 12-step meetings and this is still a problem. I think I need to go to therapy, but I I couldn't afford it at the time by myself. And so he referred me to LDS Family Services, which covered the cost. So I got to go meet my first therapist, um, which luckily was a really great experience. And I know not everyone can say that. Yeah, and I, I saw that therapist for like six months and, and he gave me some really awesome tools 
I kind of hit a plateau in my visits and um, took a break for a while and then went and saw another therapist who I've been seeing for two years now. It's just been an amazing experience. So that's my background with, mm-hmm. with therapy. I'm so grateful you shared your background. I think that's so perfect. I know for me, my first therapy experience did not work. Yeah. <laughs> it totally didn't yeah. work for me. And I went through like three therapists until I found one that fit. And even then, like I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, maybe it's time for a new therapist. And it's not because he's not awesome, but it's because I'm at a different season in my life. And so I love that your story illustrated that very thing that therapists are awesome, but not all of them are the right fit for you. Right. Right. So Chriselle, sorry, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, go for it. So, so you said you, you did not have a good first experience. What helped you to keep trying? What helped you to go back? Desperation, honestly. Right. <laughs> um, but no, that's a really good question because I think a lot of people don't have good experiences and then they never go back again. Yeah. Thankfully, I was willing to continue seeking help. Honestly, I just needed, I needed help so desperately to sort through the betrayal trauma that I was sifting through and just everything going on that I was desperate enough to keep trying. And I realized that I needed to find someone who specialized in what I needed help with which I think was a game changer for me because yeah. otherwise I would have just kept going to therapists that, you know, work with general anxiety and depression and perfectionism. And that just like, wasn't fitting for me. And it's not that they weren't great therapists and those therapists have worked great for other people. They just didn't work for me because I was struggling with the depression and anxiety because of some really underlying family drama and betrayal that led to some acute PTSD and, uh, and a lot of other things I just needed help unpacking and I needed someone who specialized in that. And so realizing that maybe I just realized I was special <laughs> that, and that helped me to seek out someone who, who could help me with that specific issue. And so that's what I recommend for people. If, if this person isn't working and you know that you need like more or deeper help, find what it is that you're looking for and find someone who's good at that. I think yeah. it also really helps to find, to ask, because this, I mean, I, I asked people who they were working with, like, and like people in groups that I'd been to, like, what therapist are you seeing and why do you like them or why don't you like them? And that helped me on my journey of finding therapy and then therapists that worked. Yeah, I, I agree that finding a therapist can be so helpful. I worked with a certain therapist for some time and now I'm working actually with an an online therapist right now. And that kind of dynamic is what I found to be, it's only been a month actually so far. And I think it's been really, really cool. So there's lots of options out there. There's lots of online options now. I just want to throw this one out there. I think there's a lot of people that are nervous about like virtual therapy. I am such a believer in virtual therapy. You don't have to worry about drive time. You don't have to worry about awkwardly sitting there and what to do with my hands. Like you're like in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. (laughs) It's so nice. It just takes the time that it takes. You don't have to worry about drive time. Anyway, that's just my shout out to virtual therapy. Like it can work for you. And if that doesn't work for you, then go in person. Yeah. Sorry, Creed. I just wanted to put that shout out there because I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, like, I'm so nervous to do it virtually. I'm like, it's my favorite yeah. thing. 
that I can meet <laughs> with my therapist virtually. It's so much better for me. And and maybe it's not for you. And that's exactly. Okay. And sometimes with online therapy, you can text your therapist a couple times throughout the week too. So it's, at least for me, it feels a little bit more consistent and I get consistent more help. So, and it's a little bit cheaper for, for me right now, at least. It's <laughs> yeah. a factor. That's a factor. And that's a valid factor. And I think that that needs to be taken into account when you're mm-hmm. looking for a therapist. So finding out what's, what's good for you and keep trying until you get the right one. So Cassie, I mean, there's sometimes a stigma around therapy. I mean, we talk about it a lot on this podcast that it's so helpful when you can find the right one for you. What more do we have to say about overcoming that stigma? I think that millennials or, you know, just younger generations, I think that, you know, we are already pretty generally open and accepting to the idea of therapy as, as a tool and a resource to become healthier. That being said, I think that even when you have to decide to go to therapy, when you are signing up for your first therapy appointment, it's different. It changes. All of a sudden, you're the one who needs help. And I experienced this going to therapy. I experienced it. You know, I I have a lot of friends who struggled with their mental health and who had to start on medication for depression and anxiety. And and I was always so, you know, kind and, and loving towards them and encouraging them saying like, you know, this is a normal thing. It's okay to take medicine for your brain. And yet when I was diagnosed with those things and when I was given medication for those things, there was so much shame. So I think that a lot of the stigma that comes from therapy is not only were our most people in our parents and grandparents' generation unfamiliar with or unopen to the idea of therapy as a resource for help, but I think that there is this inherent stigma that we carry on our own that says, you know, I can love and accept other people who are struggling, but I don't need that help. I can't struggle. My situation isn't that bad that I need therapy. I think that so many people see therapy as a last resort and people need to start seeing it as a necessary tool. Even just one time going to therapy, I think every single person needs to go to therapy at some point in their life because you cannot live in this world that we live in today and not experience some form of anxiety, depression, trauma. It's worldwide. And so I think that it's learning to see therapy in a different way, you know, learning to see it as as a necessary tool rather than a last resort, then also learning self-compassion and realizing that the same love you give to other people for struggling, you need to have that for yourself too. I really, really love this. And I am a rec therapist. I've worked in therapy. I, I've gone to therapy myself for years now. I'm trying to think how long it's been. It's been like six years of therapy, right? And pretty consistently too. And I got myself the other day, I had to schedule my therapy appointment a little bit earlier. So I had to leave work early. And I totally told my boss that it was a doctor's appointment because that's so much more acceptable. (laughs) 
than a therapy appointment. And I thought that was just really interesting that I was like, I was not willing to share that I was going to therapy, right? And, And that's fine. Like, I think it's totally fine. You can call it whatever you want if that's what fits and works for you as long as you go. But I think it's interesting and important to remember that of course you're going to feel. For me, it's important for me to remember, of course I'm going to feel a little bit of shame about this because it is hard for me to accept help. And I'm accepting help anyway. And maybe I do hide that and I don't tell people that I'm doing that because that's where I'm at right now and that's okay, right? And I hope that we can get to a point where we're like, yeah, I've got therapy. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's yeah. Totally fine. And sometimes I'm in that space and sometimes I am very far from that space and it's okay. Either one. I'm still worthy totally. of therapy. I think it's so important for our culture to be able to have a mentality that going to a therapist is like going to the gym for your physical body or going on a run for your physical body. Like, we're going, going to the, to the doctor, doctor, just like I said. Yeah, it's <laughs> so important to normalize it because that's really what therapy is. It's a gym for your mental mind to like process things, to work things out. We go to, we go exercise to get stronger, to get healthier. We go to therapy to get stronger, get healthier. Like it's, it really is for anybody, everybody at whatever stage you're in with whatever difficulties you're dealing with. And it's so wonderful to have someone who is not a part of your family or someone who's not a romantic partner or just even a friend who doesn't have any like skin in the game with you. (laughs) They won't, they won't be biased to like coddle you or like not challenge you enough, or maybe, um, Maybe they'll even speak nicer to you than your family members do. But it's so nice to have a third-party person to view our lives, see blind spots, and just give us tools that we weren't taught. And it's so valid. There's so many things. We can't just simply rely just on, I mean, parents can do so much, but there's so much knowledge out there that maybe not all parents teach you everything. And that's okay. We can seek other professionals for insights into living a good life. And I think therapy helps that immensely. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) I think that one thing that I was not prepared for when I found a really good therapist was how hard it was going to be. I remember, so my first therapist that I saw He was awesome, but it was on my third try that I found a therapist who was amazing. He's the one who I still see right now. And the first few times that I saw him, I would come back from my appointments just completely exhausted, as if I had run a marathon. It was really weird. I mean, now I understand it. Now it makes sense because my body was having a physical response to stirring up emotional trauma, which was necessary to do. But I think a lot of people either fear going to therapy because it's going to be hard. And to those people, I say, do it anyway. It's worth it. Just do it. I think other people might be afraid that, or not afraid, but I think they might underestimate therapy and and thinking that it's going to be this easy, quick fix type of thing. 
But I think that if you are facing challenges in life, it's not meant to be easy. I don't know. What What are your guys' thoughts on that? I really appreciate this because I think that it's really accurate that if you are wanting to make big changes in your life, sometimes it takes unpacking the baggage that you've been carrying around to be able to then put it down. And, mm-hmm. and that can be really taxing. That can be really hard. It can be really painful. I can think of a couple times when I realized that it actually wasn't whoever I was mad about, <laughs> mad at, and wanted to change when I went to therapy, that it was actually me who had to change where it really sucked. <laughs> and it was really hard and really painful and really humbling. And I'm so grateful that my therapist was willing to like help me see it and help me to see a different way. And, and there's been other experiences where I had to just realize that I needed to accept things as they were. And I either needed to choose to continue carrying that backpack or to put that relationship and backpack down. And that whatever I chose was okay, but either way was going to be painful. There was no, no painful way out. And, and I think that that can be scary about therapy. And it's the most relieving thing when you are finally able to choose and move forward in however you decide to choose and move forward. And that's, I think, the result of good therapy is that you walk away with more choice and more consciousness about your choices and, and healthy tools to be able to have healthy relationships and boundaries and choice in your life, honestly. And yeah, it can be really painful and it can be really stinky and it can be really ugly and it can bring a lot of ugly crying. And so I don't recommend doing it in a hallway. I did that once. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but that's, that was the only place I had and it was fine. <laughs> but it is so freeing when you finally are able to choose again for yourself what yeah. you want in your life. And that's what I think good therapy is about. Yeah, Chriselle, can I actually go off of that and um, share an analogy? Totally. Okay, everyone bear with me. So imagine going to therapy and because you have gone to therapy, you discovered that you have been living in a field of poop. And in this field of poop that you are living in, it is this vast, seemingly endless field And now that you have gone to therapy and you have awakened to the fact that you are living in poop, the only way through the field of poop is to continue walking, to continue getting through that field of poop. Because at the end, there are beautiful showers and you can wash off all that poo. But the key is sticking with it. And I know that's kind of a gross analogy, but it rings true to me (laughs) because therapy is really hard. And like you said, it is stinky and it is just, it can be the worst emotionally. It can be so hard and it changes you. At first that change can be really hard because it will affect relationships it will affect how you function in the world. But if you stick with it, if you keep working on yourself, if you keep seeking help, then eventually you're going to look back and think, how on earth was I ever living that way? 
And that's, to me, been the most rewarding thing about therapy is being able to look back at my life before and see how far I've come. But you have to be willing to keep going to get to that point. To muddle through all the gross aspects of the life that you've lived and the thought (laughs) patterns in your brain. I appreciate that. And I think it's really important. And your, your points of just bringing up that it is hard. It is uncomfortable. That's a point of it. In order to unmask you and help you remove aspects of yourself that you're just blind to and that the reason why we're going to therapy is because we've continued working in ways that just aren't helpful for us anymore. And we need to realize the way we've been doing things in the past just aren't working. Living in that poop is not helping. We have to trek through it and get to the showers. Do you have any other thoughts on on all this? Anything else that you want to share, Cassie? I think just going back to the main question of should I go to therapy, the answer is yes. No matter who you are, if you've never been, you should just go. I think that if there's something stopping you, whether it's an emotional response, you know, of being defensive about it and thinking, well, I don't need that. Or if it's a financial reason, I think it's so important to reach out to those around you, ask for suggestions for the experiences of people around you, and look for your options because there are so many options out there. Even if you feel like you're not ready for therapy, there's a lot of learning that is available, a lot of free education around mental health. And I think that everyone owes it to themselves to be proactive about their own mental health. Eventually, it will take a professional to really get the full help that every person deserves. It just depends on where you're at in that journey. But I I would really love for every person to be able to experience that change that an awesome therapist can help provide. Thank you so much, Cassie. And that's my wish for everyone, too. And thank you for sharing with us your experiences with therapy and, and just helping us explore this a little bit. I am very grateful and grateful for the experiences I've had in therapy, the funny moments, the horrible moments, and everything in between. And I know that therapy really can be such an incredible tool if you will give it a shot. So thank you, Cassie. You're so great. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website, and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals, and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.